everything start with land and end with land because without land you cannot practice the main or basic uh, rights especially as an indigenous people Welcome everybody to episode 193. I'm your host Miriam coming to you from the Assyrian homeland in Iraq. This week's guest is a well-loved teacher, a passionate and visionary activist, an opinionated and respected member of the community. Mikhail Benyamin, or as I like to call him, Rabi Mikhail, was born in 1969 in Balambus, a beautiful village set in the mountain of the Valley of the Kings, Nakhla or as we know it today, Nala. He grew up and went to primary school in Nala, but moved to Kerkuk and then Mosul to continue his studies. While he currently teaches the Syriac language at an Assyrian high school in Duhok, it's his work on indigenous and minority issues and rights that stood out for me when I first met him in 2019. Recently, I had the pleasure of being guided by him through the remaining villages of Nala. I've visited these villages numerous times before, but this visit was different. This time, I was transported on a historical journey that took me through the many transformations the villages have seen, from the glory of the past to the hardships of the present. When Rabbi Michael speaks, you can't help but listen to and hang on to every word he says. He is an incredible source of information and wealth of knowledge. And in this week's episode, he addresses a difficult but critical question about Assyrians in Iraq. Are we an indigenous people or a minority population? We dive into this question and the question of rights, or sometimes the lack thereof, for Assyrians in the homeland. The challenges we face and what we, you and I, can do to foster hope for a future in the homeland. Before we get to this week's conversation, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the Assyrian podcast wherever you listen to it. Also, if you know someone who should be on the podcast, please reach out to us. You can find more information about nominating future guests on our website. And now, here is Mikhail Benyamin. Rabbi Mikhail Pshenatiluch on the Assyrian podcast. Thank you for accepting this opportunity, invitation to, to chat with the Assyrian podcast. Basim Taraba, thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. I hope I can give you what you are asking for. <laughs> I, I'm sure you will, you will provide us with more than what we're asking for. Uh, I remember I met you in Nala. Uh, it was four years ago. I had just moved to Iraq. Uh, and I was visiting uh, a village in Nala, and I, I remember we were sitting together at a table, and I heard you discussing development projects for the Nala Valley, and I, I remember then thinking, he is a wealth of information and knowledge, um, and you have not disappointed so far. You've always been very informative, and I hope that our listeners today will will learn something from what you have to share with us. Yeah, me too. I hope that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but let's start with maybe giving an introduction to our listeners about who Mikhail Benyamin is. Uh, again, thank you very much. My name is Mikhail Benyamin. I was born in Nala, uh, 
1969. I studied uh, here in Iraq. We 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 call it uh, is it primary school? Yes. It is un- until sixth uh, grade. Then uh, I had at that time because in Nala was in middle and high school. Then I moved to Kirkuk to finish my high school in, in, in Kirkuk. Then from Kirkuk, I moved to Mosul to study College of uh, Administration and Economic uh, Department of uh, Accountant. Then again, I turned back to Duhok. I mean, this is in 1993. 1994, I joined a Syrian Democratic Movement. I mean, the political party I've been with with for for long years. At that time, I was working mainly in in media, especially in uh, Ashur TV. Then 2005, I was one of a group of friends. We established a new local NGO called at that time Nineveh Center for research and development. But at the same time, I joined to be a teacher for a Syrian language in Nisibin High School in Duhok. So I was doing two two jobs in, in, in one time. I mean, teaching officially, because this is something, uh, I mean, getting salary for, for it. <laughs> yeah, not voluntarily. <laughs> not voluntary way, but at the, the same time working for Nineveh Center for Research and Development. Uh, this was 2005. But after ISIL, everyone went in, in, in different directions. Mm-hmm. So uh, later on, we had to change the name of our local NGO. And we, uh, we make it Nineveh Center for Minority Rights. At that time, I was vice president. Then we, we changed the, the structure. Now I am board director for Nineveh Center for Minority Rights. So uh, because Nineveh Center for Minority Rights is a member within the Alliance of Iraqi Minorities, so uh, I was elected in 2023 to be the chairperson for uh, Alliance of Iraqi uh, Minorities Network. This is a network include 28 different local NGOs working all over the Iraq. Mm-hmm. including 14 different ethno-religious minorities in Iraq. And for two years, between uh, 2021 until April 30, I worked as a fellow, uh, a senior fellow of minority issues within UNAM, UNAMI, which is United Nations Assistance Mission for Iraq. Uh, yeah, this is in brief. <laughs> this is a lot <laughs> in brief. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to keep track. But something that you said really uh, struck me. You said that the the organization represents 14 different ethno-religious minorities. Yes, yes. So I guess the reason why I'm surprised is, I don't know why, and maybe some of our listeners feel the same way, that, that I only think of Assyrians as being minorities in Iraq and, and the Yazidis, for example. But I never imagined there would be 14 groups in Iraq, there are more maybe uh, 14 minority groups, wow. but uh, within AIM only we have. Yeah, because we have Assyrians, we have Yazidis, we have Shabak, we have uh, uh, Turkmen, Baha'i. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, 14. We are 14 uh, now wow. in, 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 this, in this alliance. And so where did this interest uh, come from? The interest of 
wanting to do research in minority rights? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, this is a good question and uh, take me all the time back to 2005 when we started to establish this uh, local NGO, Nineveh Center for Research and Development. And at that time, we started to know that there are uh, many things that we can do with minority and especially indigenous people. So, like I mentioned before, uh, this was 2005 then. Uh, we've been, again, a group that we, we established uh, uh, Alliance of Iraqi Minorities. That was the reason I was able to know about the Office of High Commissioner for Human Rights in Geneva. So, I, uh, I mean, from there, I applied. There was a program called Minority uh, Fellowship Program. They accept, uh, uh, at that time, we've been only five. Uh, with thousands of people from different locations, I mean, apply for that program. Mm. So that was the reason when I applied and I've been accepted to participate at, at that program. For one month, they taught us about what exactly does the term of minority mean, what indigenous people means, and other procedures or what mechanisms you can use to advocate for your community if you are a member within a minority or indigenous people. So uh, that was like for me uh, the, the start point to start that, okay, uh, there are good mechanisms, there are good ways that I can invest to work for my community as an indigenous people in Iraq, as, I, mean, I mean Assyrians as indigenous people in Iraq, and uh, there is a good opportunity, there is a good chance that we can take, I mean, this local issue to take it to the international level. So from there, uh, I started to be more interested. And by the way, I mean, that was the reason, again, that uh, I was able to participate uh, only in the form on minority issues, which is held usually in, in, in Geneva for five, uh, five times. And also I participated in the uh, Human uh, Rights Council in Geneva again and in many uh, trainings or mm -hmm. conferences inside and outside Iraq dealing with minority issues in, in, in general. And I do, I do believe there is a good opportunity and a space that we can present our cause national level or on an international level. So speaking on the national level, yes, are Assyrians considered an indigenous people? Um, um, honestly speaking, this is like a kind of complicated question here. Uh, and, and this will, will, will take me to, uh, to share with you an event happened with me only to show you how is the, the term of indigenous people is still, if I may say, sensitive for the, the Iraqi community. Okay. In a way, they are accepting still, still the same maybe with the term of minority. But uh, I mean, with the term of indigenous people, it's still like uh, some, some kind of sensitive. And this is uh, what, what I'm trying to share with you. One time I was presenting uh, like a statement in, in Geneva telling what happened to Assyrian people in, in Iraq. And this was after ISIL. Mm -hmm. 
so uh, at, at that time I mentioned a Syrian Christian community as indigenous people and at the same time I was using like minority term uh, so once I finished one was representing Iraqi government and came saying oh Mr. Mikhail I completely agree with you for what you mentioned what happened to a Syrian Christian community in Iraq I'm very sorry what you already mentioned is all correct and we are sorry you know but we try this 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 all this but then he said but you know uh, if i may only ask you when you say a syrian indigenous people what about other <laughs> so please if you can i mean yeah so why i said okay uh, i i know this is not the good time to discuss with you but a syrian or indigenous people of iraq uh, this is a term being used uh, uh, considering some, uh, if I may say, measures. There are some measures there, some some points you, you consider, but doesn't exactly mean that the other uh, communities, we, we should take them and put them outside of Iraq. It does not ex- exclude. If uh, we say Assyrians are indigenous, uh, it doesn't mean that others are not indigenous. Exactly. But we uh, must be Exactly. But, I mean, uh, there is one, one important thing related to indigenous people. Those are people, they, they've been there. Exactly, they are related to the uh, lands, their an, an ancestor lands. And, and they've been there because any kind of political system to be established. Mm. We've been here in Iraq, uh, related to our, uh, uh, rooted to our origin lands before any kind, not only before the, the new Iraq to be established, before any other kinds of political science of, of any kind of state to be, to be established. So this is one main reason that Assyrians to be called uh, indigenous people. And there are many other like measures that we can consider to call this community. Are they indigenous people or not? So going back again to your uh, question, we are using indigenous people, but still in Iraq, they are still some sensitivity to, to use this term. They are more using minority, but not indigenous people. But in a way, not using the uh, term of indigenous people, but dealing or considering, saying you are the origin of this country, they are, they are using it. They are accepting it, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when there are like a kind of, uh, I mean, uh, on high level uh, political statement, they will say, you are the origin of this country, uh, but not like using uh, the term of indigenous people. Why do you think it's difficult for them to attribute this term to the Assyrians? First of all, misunderstanding of the term is the, the, the main reason. The same is, is going with the, uh, the minority uh, term. The other reason is uh, they want to, to say, all of us, we are Iraqi citizen. So if you said indigenous people or we are minority, they will tell you, uh, you are trying to, to have a kind of separation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are like, uh, uh, try to separate yourself from other Iraqis, which is, which is of course wrong. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I think these are two main reasons. One, do not try, they are telling us, do not try to spread your, yourself from other, you are 
we are all Iraqis. Uh, and the second reason, as I note everywhere, is the misunderstanding of the, the term of minority or indigenous people. By the way, I mean the term of minorities, not only with others, with Arab or Kurds or others, within the same minority, they are not accepting. And the reason for me is like misunderstanding of what exactly the term means, which is not related you are less than others. Uh, it's, it's related to the number. It's, it's related to you have different characters, if I may say. Is, is that correct? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, characteristics I'm not, yeah. that differentiate you from the majority of the population. Uh, uh, exactly. You have a unique language. You have traditions. You have, uh, I mean, these things. And you are working to preserve it, to protect it. So these are the elements to make you different from others. And uh, oh, um, when, when good and uh, main element is that you have no uh, political uh, uh, domination. Mm-hmm. So if you are less than the majority in number, you have no political uh, domination and you have different like language, traditions, all these things. And you are working to protect them. Mm-hmm. So you are different from other and you are minority. Wow, so I'm surprised you're saying within the Assyrian community there are Assyrians who don't appreciate or refuse to use the word minority to describe This is people? within Assyrian community and with other communities we, we still keep uh, and you know in Iraq maybe the situation is somehow more different because now they are t- uh, trying to use uh, a term of component if you heard that. No, okay. I mean, this is an error in, this, in Arabic, they called mukawinat, which is in English components. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they say, oh, no, please, we want to uh, respect you. We want to appreciate uh, your situation. That's why we are not calling you minorities. But within the international law, within different conventions or uh, in, in international instruments, uh, this is a legal uh, term. Mm-hmm. We accept it, and is uh, I mean there is no harm to be to use a minority term, but still in Iraq context, it's, it's not uh, accepted. Again, I'm saying not only within the Assyrian community but with other communities also. But usually, I mean I agree. So minority is a legal uh, term, and usually that means that people who are considered a minority within a country have certain rights. Exactly. Um, and indigenous people as well. Yes. And so for the Assyrian people here in Iraq, what would be the difference between being considered as indigenous and being considered a, as minority? Would there be a benefit to us as being considered an indigenous people? Or what are the benefits of being considered minority? Uh, the one of good question, I mean, that someone <laughs> need to, to be asked or, or answered. Um, there, like you said exactly, anyone who belongs to a minority community, they all have the, the basic human rights that they are for all. But in, in, in addition, you have more rights because you are someone belong to a minority condition. Um, in 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 terms of of uh, indigenous people, one big difference is 
again related to to the land. I mean, if you are mainly uh, someone who belong to minority community, uh, the the rights is is related mainly to individual. They are individual rights, but in in term of indigenous people, the big and most important difference is uh, without considering how many uh, people there are. They they may be only one thousand. Uh, individuals, but they have the right of self-determination, mm. which is not with with the with the minority. So this is this is an important right. I mean, for the I, of course we are we are speaking within the international uh, law. So indigenous people, as indigenous people, they they have the right to keep to keep their their lands. Uh, I mean, their historical traditional lands. Mm. And the other, again, I'm saying they have the, the, the right for the self-determination. So this is, if we were considered indigenous, then we would have the right for self-determination and for safeguarding and keeping our ancestral lands. Exactly. So I'm curious, So because in practice, from what I've heard living here, is that even our, min- our rights as a minority are not necessarily respected or upheld. Because I've heard, for example, numerous cases where our lands have been grabbed. There's been many cases of land grabbing, even in Nala, for yes, example, yes. and in other villages. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, this is this is a problem. It, it's supposed not to be related. Uh, if you are uh, if you are minority or indigenous people, as a, a, a usual or a normal uh, uh, citizen, but uh, we have a huge problems and for me this is the main problem that we are facing i mean related to land grabbing okay um uh, this is related because uh, there is no role for law here unfortunately and uh, in, in in such a country in iraq with uh, with no political power with no uh, role of law yes this is this is a big problem for for us the the issue of of land, land grabbing unfortunately goes back to 30 40 years ago mm. but w- what we hoped when a new regime at least here in this part to the north when they called uh, Kurdistan region uh, at least when they started 1992 uh, there were many uh, committees uh, many uh, uh, kind of, of, of structure when they started to solve uh, such a problems because this was inherited from the, the last regime of Saddam and goes back more maybe. But we hope that something new will, will happen and these big problems to be, to be solved. Unfortunately, after 30 years, I can say not only it's the same, but maybe uh, went to be worse. What mm. happened? Yes, yes. For example, if speaking about Duhok, only we have in Duhok, only within the 95 places that we are still living in, when I'm saying places, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about a small, small village, including maybe two to three houses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sub-district, district, going to the city center of Duhok. So in Duhok, nowadays, as Assyrians people, out of these 
95 places, there are more than 58 places we are facing this problem of occupying lands. It could be houses, it could be a piece of land, it could be irrigation water taken by other. Within, please, you want to say something? Yeah, I'm just shocked because that's more than half of where Assyrians live. Exactly. We are, we are still living. Why we, um, I'm like uh, uh, concentrating on this more? Because I'm not speaking about other maybe more than 250 villages. Completely we are out of them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are not speaking about because they are completely be taken by other. We are not there more. Yeah. I'm only speaking about we still living in these 50, uh, 95. Uh, we have presence. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So we have more than, uh, like I said, 58 different cases within uh, villages. Sorry. Within these 55 villages, we have more than 76 different cases because in one villages, you will find like three or four different cases of, of, of problems or, or lands being taken by other. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Most okay. important is that within these different cases of land grabbing, the, uh, we have uh, cases being taken to the court, and there are an order saying that these lands belong to Assyrian people, but still not being implemented. Why not? Uh, no rule for law. Again. So the judge says, okay, this land belongs to. Uh, Assyrian, exactly. Assyrian. Okay. exactly. And then Mom Ishu takes the order yes. to where? To the police? To where? It, it, it's supposed to be taken to... Uh, I mean, there is a kind of uh, directorate. Uh, it is uh, responsible for implementing the, the order that come, comes from, from court. Okay. But... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll tell you something. Okay, we'll do it next month. And then, you, you know, this person, we supposed to pay him something. Otherwise, we cannot like, I mean, this issue took until today 30 years. And we are afraid uh, uh, to take another 30 if we are not going to find another way to deal with this issue. And if you ask me, what is the other way? This is what I'm trying to do, honestly speaking. Shall we take... Uh, I mean, sorry, uh, it's, not, it's not needed to ask if we need to take it to the federal uh, court. This is, this is one option or one choice, and we have to do it. Personally, I'm working on this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to put it in, in a way to, uh, to make it ready. So one choice we have, we have to go to the federal court in Iraq, and then uh, uh, we have to take it to international uh, level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, waiting in the same way, in the same procedures, we are wasting more time. Uh, and this is really bad. Very bad because there is no chance more to wait more five other years. I mean, the more we wait, the more... The we people, are losing. Yeah, the people yeah. will stay on this land that doesn't belong to them. They will build on it. They will profit from it, for example. And sure. so we're 
just uh, losing. Of, not only that, of course, all what you said that's that's correct. But also, you may imagine someone who who is the owner of of this land, and he tried everything he can do to take his right, but still nothing changing in the situation. So of course he will he will he will lose the the any any kind of hope. Mm-hmm. And what will be the result? He will he will say, okay, there is there is no chance that I will uh, take back my 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 right, which is my right. And even the court is saying this is my right. So what will happen? He will lose the last hope that he or she has. And at that time, the the final uh, result or the 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 final option will be to take the decision of leaving the country, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we are uh, giving them uh, another reason to to leave the country. Yeah. We need to to give our people a kind of hope yeah. that uh, there is possibility for something to be to be changed, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's why it's it's. it's I mean, for me, this is the, the case number one that we need to to consider to give more, uh, I mean, pressure or uh, or to consider anything that we can do to solve the problem. Because in 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 my point of view, in my opinion, everything starts with land and end with land. Because without land. The other rights, I mean, you can practice in, in, even in, 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 in U.S., in, in Canada, in Australia, in, in Europe. Hmm. You can teach your language, you can practice maybe some, some of your traditions or other rights related to an individual. But the main rights, the basic rights, you cannot practice without your land. In your land, only you can practice the main or basic uh, rights, are especially as an indigenous people. Uh, but but of course, uh, maybe uh, I gave more, uh, I mean, time and concern to the issue of land, but uh, still, there are some other issues or, or problems that, as as a minority or as an indigenous people in Iraq or also other other minorities they are facing in Iraq. For example, uh, you or maybe other outside Iraq, they will hear about the political participation of minorities, right? Mm -hmm. And it it, it could be in parliament or in other local or national authorities and executive directors. But uh, in, in my opinion, this is not real, not effective, not meaningful uh, participation. Why? Mm-hmm. Because, yes, it's correct that we have, as a Syrian community, a Syrian Christian community in Qayyar and in Baghdad, we have five seats in federal parliament and in, in regional parliament. But again, it's not a real uh, political participation. Why? Because all the time in the power political parties, the dominated political parties, they try to push people, I mean uh, candidates, belong to them to to represent our community. So uh, in fact, 
they are uh, representing their interest more than to represent our interest as a community, as a minority community or as indigenous people. Because all the time they try to uh, put pressure to support someone, an, indi- an individual, an candidate who is maybe a member in that political party, if not a member, but mainly uh, he or she, they are working with them, representing their interests. So this is another kind of problem. In the media, they are saying, you, you have a good representation, you have a good uh, political participation because as a, a, this small community, as a Syrian community, you have five seats, which is good. But in fact, it is again, I will say it, because this is the term which is used not only here, everywhere. This is not effective, not real, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not meaning a political participation mm-hmm. because they are, I mean, people who they are in, in, in parliament, in, in, in here in, in Kurdistan or in Baghdad, they are representing other political parties, not a Syrian community, because they've been put there by their support. So this is another. Uh, of course, maybe one other issue that uh, we've been all the time, unfortunately, going back to years ago, we've been a victim for the internal, local conflicts and international or regional conflicts. What do you mean? Yeah, what I mean. For example, uh, do you have an idea that only since September 2021, another seven Assyrian villages from Barwar being impeded again? No more people living there due to the intervention of Turkey, due to the attacks of uh, Turkey attacking, as they are saying, Pakaka. Right. So we are again victim of another kind of conflict right. between Iraq and, and Turkey. Right. You have the idea what is happening in, in Nahla Valley mm-hmm. four years ago. What the, the people they are suffering from these checkpoints. Why? Because they are saying, of, uh, I mean, we have to do to have these che- this kind of checkpoints and was having these very complicated procedures preventing our people not to take food, yeah. preventing... Uh, More than one kilo of rice or... Uh, uh, exactly. Or, or, yeah. um, I mean, leading to prevent our people to lose their job opportunities yeah. because, uh, you know, for example, they have these projects of tourism, but people, they are prevented to, to go there. So again, what I'm trying to say, we all the time we are being a victim for a kind of conflict. Maybe it is, it is internal or local or it's a, a regional conflict, but we are paying the tax for that. What's happening in, in, in Nineveh Plain? Mm-hmm. You can imagine that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, what is uh, the conflict between KR from one side and federal government from, from another side, we are being uh, a victim because there are very complicated procedures and checkpoints between two two places. And I mean, they, they like uh, split the Nineveh plane into two parts. Right. One belonged to Nineveh and the other to KR. Yeah. And 
Do you know our people in, in Teleskov, which is in, in Nineveh Plain, in, in within uh, Tilkev district, they have thousands of acres of, of, of their lands. Now they are not able, or if they will be able, so they will need to take maybe two to two and a half hour to go to their land to use it. Why? Because there is a, a checkpoint, court side and the uh, federal side, they will, they will prevent them to take, for example, a kind of, of machine or a kind of tool to use it in, in, in land. And they have to take a long way for two and a half hours to uh, to use their lands this is but while while their lands it's only five minutes so this is what i i i, I meant by uh, local internal and regional conflicts that all the time we are we are we are suffering so i'm, I'm being a victim for this kind so I want to organize my thoughts here. So we basically have little to no representation at our local regional government level, like in the Kurdistan regional government. And we almost have no representation on the federal level because we have supposedly five seats that are allocated to represent Christian minorities, not even just Assyrians. It's just Christian minorities. But that the dominating parties are taking advantage of by yes. placing Christian candidates in in those seats. Yes. And then we have land grab issues where sure the law might be on our side but there's no implementation of any sort of order that is taken to uh, return a land to its yes. rightful owner. Yes. And then we have the issue of being basically pawns on a chessboard <laughs> Where we suffer the consequences of con- uh, of conflict that's external to us. Yes, yes. So yeah, where are the minority rights then? Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, it's 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 uh, uh, so difficult. Uh, there are uh, maybe there is a a little progress going on, and this is what we are trying to do. For example, going back to to uh, what you already mentioned. So what we are trying to, to do is to make it a real and an effective political participation. Mm-hmm. Because like you mentioned, yes, we have these seats both in, in federal and, and regional parliament. But in, in, in our opinion, it's not a real uh, uh, participation. So this is one issue that we are trying to do. Uh, the issue of land is a big problem. Of course, I, uh, I, I took... Uh, Duho Governorate Nuhadra as an example, as a model, because this is the study that I'm, I'm, I'm already working to uh, to come out with a, a book mm-hmm. to be like a kind of a document. But the problem is the same in Nineveh Plain yeah. with different reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, many reasons leading to the same outcome. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same, of course, not to the, I mean, speaking about a land, because land is something different. It's the same issue in Baghdad in, in terms of a property. It, it, it right. could be a house, it could be a shop, it could be, again, a piece of land, but not, not I mean, agricultural lands mm-hmm. and this, yeah. It, it's the same, uh, like you mentioned, uh, uh, 
being a victim for for different kinds of conflicts and this is the, the situation in Iraq for many many years yeah. <laughs> Go, going back yeah. the other the other uh, concern that we uh, because uh, maybe I'm trying to answer your question uh, where are the minority rights yeah. uh, uh, um, again trying to put it in, in LS another issue is related to the curriculum mm-hmm. curriculum I mean it's still like uh, an old style you mean what Again, is taught in the schools? Uh, yes, okay. yes, the, the official one from the government. F- from the government, that we are, uh, we have the right. I mean, to to read and write in our language, but the the content of of uh, the curriculum is still. Uh, first of all, there is no. Uh, I mean, representing again for my minority, someone who is living in Basra, very far to the south of Iraq, have no idea who is a Yazidi. Have no mm-hmm. idea who is a Syrian Christian, and what the role they have in in this in, in this country. So this is one. The other, no. There are things that we need to to remove it, like for example, using uh, the killer of the patriarch Marbinyamin Shimon, nineteen eighteen, Simko Shakaki is still a hero mm-hmm. in in the curriculum, and each year. Our students in 12th grade read that this Simco is a hero, which all of us we know uh, that he is a killer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So still, I mean, this is one thing that we are working to remove it and replace it with 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 another thing, which which show who we are, what the role we have in in this country how we are the indigenous people in this country. So this is another issue. There uh, there are some progress happening, uh, but still a long way to go. So this kind of is related to cultural appropriation a little bit, because it's cultural misrepresentation, let's say, or historical misrepresentation. Yes. But yes. I've also seen some places, for example, where Assyrian landmarks are being labeled as a Kurdish historical site, for yes, example. Yes, yes, yes. Is this another issue that we're, we're going to try to resolve yeah, with the yeah, government? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, maybe uh, we can combine all this uh, all together because all this is, is related to the kind of the, the political system or the the kind of government that we have here in Iraq mm-hmm. uh, without understanding what does indigenous people means what does the minority rights means they cannot understand how how um, they supposed to 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 respect to to guarantee these rights so when they are not able to understand what does indigenous people mean. They are not able to to give a good attention that this is something important to these people. So this is one reason. The other the other reason maybe no. They want they are in attention. They they want to erase uh, our history. Hmm. Yes, I can tell you clearly. This is another kind of problems that we are like. Uh, and not only, I mean, they are uh, trying to destroy it. Sometimes they are uh, uh, clearly, you, you see, not only within the period of, of uh, ISIS, what happened, uh, 
in terms of destruction, the cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. It's happening here in, in, in Kurdistan again which, when the, the ISIS not reached, right? I mean, for me, for exa- this is another example, by the way. Uh, lastly, we started uh, to work um, on a kind of project related to uh, to protect and preserve, if I may see, uh, my, uh, may say, dozens of old churches and monasteries. Mm-hmm. So ISIS doesn't reach this, right? Right. But only because they are completely abandoned, because completely they are neglected. Mm-hmm. And this goes back, some of them, to 8th, 7th, 4th century. Wow, okay. Yes. But if you are not going to, to preserve them, to protect them, what will happen? So th- this is another kind of cleansing, right. cultural cleansing, right? But don't so, we have a responsibility in this part, though? The, the preservation of our historical sites You that mean are responsibility for... For preserving, for example, um, an old church or an old monastery, whose responsibility is it? To... Yeah, okay. Oh, this is a good question. So uh, there is a law in Iraq uh, related to, uh, uh, I mean, c- cultural heritage or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if, if this site, uh, the, his- the history of this site is more than 200 years, so it, it will be considered as a uh, heritage site. Uh, yes, exactly. So the government is supposed to be uh, responsible of protecting and, and preserving. Oh, I see. But on the ground, what's happening? I mean, these sites goes back to fourth century, but no one is taking the responsibility, right? Right. So uh, the, the good thing uh, I mean, related to these old churches and monasteries is they are considered property of, of church. And many of them, they have the, the documents like uh, proving that this, this is a, a property of, of, of church. So, I mean, as a law, it's supposed to be the responsibility of government, right? Mm-hmm. But as something on the ground, no one is taking their, this responsibility. So we have to do it by ourselves. So this is the, the, the case. What we are trying, so in, in, in a coordination with, with, the, with the chairs, we are going there. Uh, um, okay, uh, maybe I, I, I forget one, one important thing here. What we are trying to do is, is, is nothing related to rehabilitation or restoration. Okay. Because we have no right, okay? If, if the government will come and say, you have no right, we, we are saying, okay, we are not doing that. This part, what we are trying to do nowadays, I mean, the the idea of the new project is to go there only to do the emergency response or the emergency protect, which means uh, a fence around the the site. This is one pre- preventing animals, uh, people coming to take a. Uh, 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 a stone or yeah. a kind, a, uh, a tree maybe surrounding, yeah. and then uh, putting a kind of, of uh, a, a sign with some basic information, and then across uh, uh, only. So in, in this way, 
uh, we are trying to uh, to have this uh, uh, protection at least for some some years then if there is a possibility for another organization or for the government to do restoration or rehabilitation uh, that's okay but now uh, we have this right at least because we are not touching anything related to the to the building to the to the stones to the chair to the walls and how many are there um, churches that are abandoned or monasteries that are abandoned in in just northern iraq yeah so uh, again maybe there is no accurate or concrete statistics in my idea uh, trying to use some some different uh, uh, sources could be 250 to 300 maybe more maybe less a little but only within this area to the north including Nohadra, Duhok, Erbil and some places within within Nineveh plain uh, they could be yes uh, this number of 250 to 300 all chairs all of them we are not speaking, of course, of, of, about the chairs that are being been used. No, yeah. only the abandoned, neglected chairs wow. and monasteries. Wow, so, and, and they're mostly in villages that were abandoned, basically, yes, exactly. by Assyrians. Exactly. And now, possibly, have a different population living there. Exactly, okay. exactly. So, this is what we are trying to do, because in this way... Uh, um, I'm not sure if I have time or not, but uh, the main purpose and the the great uh, objective is to to protect them and to preserve this rich cultural heritage, Mm -hmm. which is our people heritage. This is one. But at at, at the same time, don't forget, we are protecting a piece of land, mm-hmm. which is our property, right. our church property, yeah. right? And by the way, taking it back in a smooth way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no one can tell you, uh, you, can, you cannot do this because yeah. this is your property. Right. But now, the other, they are using it. Right. They, they took it. And by, the, by this way, we can bring it back, right? right? With one old monastery you can tell a complete history you can tell what happened to this nation to these people in this area within one 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 for example beth abe which is in in aqra mm-hmm. this was the monastery graduated hundreds of of monks yeah. who 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 went to china mm. yes the first one who went to China graduated from this monastery. Wow. Beth-Aw in Accra, yes. And uh, only it was one month ago, I was teaching my students in, in, in Sibin High School about someone called Ishaq Ninwe, Isaac of Nineveh, in 663, was the bishop for Nineveh, also graduated from Beth Awe. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, so uh, again, going back to the, to the objectives of, yeah. of such a project, if we can do it. Preserving the reached cultural heritage, yeah. 
protecting at least a piece of of land that belongs to you it's it's your it's your land yeah why you should leave it there yeah using it for tourism people right. will come delegation from different places for our students why i should tell them only within this piece of paper they cannot imagine this story but if i i i take them to that monastery to that old church and speak about Mar Ishaq, Mar Yaqob, Mar Narsay, Mar Aprem. They can learn on 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 place-based right. <laughs> learning. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 better. Also, we can use it like a kind of tourism place. Bring different delegations from different places, and people they can do something there. Yeah. So many many objectives we can achieve only with this kind of protection. So we're trying to get our rights to keep our indigenous lands. We're trying to get political representation in parliament. Yes. We're trying to maintain our cultural identity and history within educational curriculums. We're trying to preserve old churches and monasteries that tell a story about our nation as well. Is this enough to give people hope to stay here? Speaking about giving people a hope to stay more, security is needed. Providing job opportunities is needed, especially for new graduated students from universities is one important thing. What we need to do is to have two things working in parallel. Wang is for the long term because trying to do the needed change maybe it will take some some time right working on the area of having real and effective political participation maybe we can achieve it in two years then with having a good or a real political participation we can change uh laws for mm-hmm. example right but we cannot wait again for another 20 years to have a good law then implementation and guarantee our rights at the same time what is must needed is how we can provide our people in villages and different uh, cities and towns with 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 job opportunities right. because this is another uh, issue that our community, I mean, still suffer a lot, especially in the faraway uh, villages. And if you ask me what we can do, for example, for having a good uh, job opportunities, especially for the new uh, graduated students, uh, I was thinking uh, that maybe we can concentrate more on produce something which is uh, a good or a service which mm-hmm. is unique b- with, with our community right because the other they, they cannot do it in order of course to compete other now we have a competition a big competition in our places for example what is happening in Nineveh plain in a day when our people in Baghdad was the first one production many things now there is a big competition coming from Shabak supported by Iran, for yeah, example. Right. So we need to find another 
market, another kind of production, another kind of service that we can compete the the the, the local or the national right. market. The other thing I was thinking about, maybe we can invest in, is using the new technology, using the online things. So someone who is still sitting in Nahla Valley, maybe our people in diaspora can find a job with online opportunity. By these two ideas, I think uh, uh, we may consider uh, because, uh, I mean, here is, is somehow... Not, not somehow. It's it's so difficult yeah, to, to find a job yeah. or or the government to to give it to you, not to uh, another one from from the the same uh, party. You know the situation. How is it? The same so, party, the same family, uh, affiliated the same religion, to the yeah. community, affiliated to. Mm-hmm. So you know how a lot of it, nepotism happening exactly, yeah, in the exactly, in the workplace. Yeah. There is a good pro- uh, possibility, I think, in in this area. Uh, not sure. Maybe you you disagree? Well, no, actually, I think job creation is definitely an important thing because without a job, then uh, even I would feel useless. I would would get discouraged. And if I want to build a family, how will I support my family if I don't have a job, etc.? So then people start thinking that maybe it's better to leave this country because there might be better opportunities outside. But yes, completely jobs. agree. Uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you noticed this in in, in Nineveh Plain, in, in Ankawa, even in 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 Nahla Valley, in in Barwari Bala. I mean, no job opportunity is one big reason for for a, a young one to start thinking to leave the country. Believe me. Yeah. Because yeah. myself, I know many many of them who was, unfortunately, I'm saying who was, insist to stay. Many of them. Mm-hmm. I know them very well. They, they were still insist to stay, live in Iraq, live in Nahla, in Barwari, in Sapna, in, in, in Baghdad, in Teleskov. But again, with no job, this is one, one big reason, by the way. Yeah. Maybe the issue of basic services, maybe the issue of security, no clear future. They are many, many, many reasons. Yeah. No political participation, real political participation. Uh, I mean, not considering many things, they are reasons. But in my opinion, still having no job opportunity is one big reason for the young generation to think how to leave the country. You're absolutely right, because I met someone once who was telling me, I want to leave, you know, my brother's in Australia, I'm going to go to Australia, at least there I'll be able to work. But since then, he found a job, and he's happy with his job. Yes. And I have not heard him mention going to Australia anymore, because now he has a job, he's able to save some money, he's able to do something for himself, and now he's thinking about getting married. So really, no, I, I do believe this is one of the primary reasons, one of the many reasons Yes. Uh, there's this loss of hope that happens. And recently I, I had a lot of people ask me, Miriam, how can we support our people in Iraq? What can we do? Yes. What is something that we can do that will have a great impact for them? Mm-hmm. And so, as you mentioned, one of them would be trying to come up with ways to create jobs for our people. Yes. But in what other ways also yeah, can yeah, we help? Yeah. So having projects, I mean, local projects is a powerful way 
that we, we may support our people in, in, in these communities. Of course, again, what kind of project is, is needed to be considered? But uh, I do believe that we have uh, good people, good groups, good organization. Uh, they will come with, with uh, of course, these sustained project, not, uh, uh, I mean, in, in, in my opinion, we need to stop giving people these kind of like one-time support, I mean a kind of... Monetary uh, or financial support. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because this is uh, only need to be done within the humanitarian crisis yeah. or within a, a, a short period of time. I mean, not to continue for 30 years. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is... Uh, sustained projects a project first of all to provide uh, a number of job opportunity with other mm-hmm. and to continue for for long years uh, and of course uh, they will try to stay yeah. and the, there is a, there will be a hope that something is is, is changing in, in 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 our community what kind of projects do you think are most necessary here yes Uh, I think it, it, of course, first of all, it depends on the uh, the area that you are thinking about. For example, in Nineveh, plain in a way is different from the villages who they are in, in, in mountain or with, with these spaces of big lands. Different difficulties, Dif- different concerns. Exactly, exactly. But um, mainly, uh, I'm speaking, for example, I'm, I, I will try to take Nala, Nala as example because I'm coming from Nala and I know better the situation. But for example, the projects related to livestock, I mean, uh, breeding uh, animals uh, is, uh, is one, one, one good way. So this is one. The projects of tourism also, for example, in Nala is, but unfortunately again, but still uh, we, we will find a way to solve this problem. We will not, I mean, leave them to keep these checkpoints, by the way. We will find a way. Yeah, so I, I think I've mentioned these checkpoints in a previous episode on the Assyrian podcast. But for those who are listening today and who are not aware, um, a, a checkpoint was implemented, I think, two years ago. Was it already two years ago? It, yes, it 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 been two years. Yeah, maybe the, more. Yeah, maybe but, more. Yeah, yeah. That severely handicapped the the access to the yes, villages in Nala. Yes, yes, I think yes. now we can't even enter Nala after 6 p.m. through yes, this checkpoint. Yes, yes. So they they restrict the amount of food rations that you're bringing into the village. They give you a hard time. Last time I tried to go into Nala, um, they took my ID until yes. I exited Nala, for example. So yeah. they've they've been putting a lot of pressure on the valley. And so this is the difficulty that you're mentioning. Yes, that we th- want to... that's why I mentioned it because uh, um, uh, you know um, uh, there are um, many of our people like they they created these projects related to tourism. You know because we have Khazali, the the good river and the good nature mm-hmm. and these beautiful landscapes. You know mm-hmm. you know about that. So what happened with these uh, checkpoints? They are preventing people. Uh, I mean, those who completely they are preventing not to 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 enter Nahla Valley, people who they are coming from from other places, mm-hmm. they will check their uh, ID and say 
you are coming from Baghdad, for example, mm-hmm. or from Shaklawa. Why are you coming? Why, why you are coming? So mm-hmm. they are completely preventing them. So there is no uh, possibility for people to come and to have access to Nala. So they are preventing uh, tourism. They are preventing the, 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 our job opportunities, I mean, which is very rare there. Yeah, there yeah. is a lack of uh, yeah job opportunities, and uh, not only this. I mean, they are preventing people to have access to the health, right? right? Because uh, we have no uh, health center there. We have no, uh, uh, I mean, hospitals. So, uh, who who the one who is get sick um, have no right to go out. Uh, Nahla after 6 p.m. for example yeah so what we will do and by by checking in this police way they are abusing our 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 rights they yeah. I mean these these are many kinds of human rights violations that they are practicing against our people yeah yeah so Oppression. exactly exactly mm. preventing people to go out I mean inside Nala preventing our people to go outside Nala after PM, checking everything, preventing uh, raw material to, to build my house. Yeah. Okay. And, and many, many other issues. Uh, I mean, they are putting a kind of pressure, um, um, like doing the same thing that we faced years ago with the same regime of Saddam Hussein. Yeah. They they used to do the, the same thing. And now suppose uh, they are speaking about uh, a freedom and uh, I mean guarantee the, the the basic human rights. But uh, this is not not what they are saying. That's not what the, is in reality happening. Exactly. The, exactly. If and when we are able to resolve this um oppression this this checkpoint that really is heavily restricting the development of tourism in nala then potentially we can develop tourism so livestock tourism what other kinds of projects could one consider investing in for example here yeah Uh, for example already we have this kind of tahini factory i mean they have a very good market to sell it but the problem is they only produce uh, a little amount of 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 sesame. Yeah. Why this? Uh, because I mean, this is related to uh, the land that they they are using, and the other reason is um, I mean, we need to develop more the uh, irrigation canal, water irrigation canal, right. so that we can uh, produce more amount of sesame then we can use, uh, we can, I mean, produce more amount of, of, of tahini, right? right? I mean, this kind of tahini, which is very, I mean, unique <laughs> and, and, and delicious. Yeah. So to answer your question, maybe the support will be uh, um, developing of, uh, these uh, water irrigation canals. So we can use more lands that we have already with that we can produce more more tahini because i all the time used to, to to ask those those people who i know them of course very well why you are only working for three or four months why yeah. you are not keeping working why while you know that there is a good market 
you know within one month they produce it they will finish yeah absolutely and then they, they will they will stop not not working yeah. more they said okay you know because we have no more land to to use it to to i mean to uh, cultivate the sesame uh, uh, exactly and why this because the the water not not enough so developing the uh, water irrigation canals will be able to use more lands that we have and to breed not only more amount of sesame but more amount of rice and other uh, agricultural uh, i mean needed so this is another kind of support that our people can can do for more uh, creating more projects yeah, yeah yeah and more sesame means more tahan means more happy people because i know i was so sad <laughs> A couple, a couple of months ago, I reached out to some people in Nala and I asked them, do you have any more tahini left? And he said, no, we're all sold out. I was so sad. Yeah. What am I supposed to do without Nala tahini? Yeah, and by <laughs> the way, this is a good, uh, uh, I think, a good example of project to, to support people with more uh, job opportunities. For example, right. because only this one project, the honor is getting uh, benefit. Yes. People working for five months or six months there five or six of them they are uh, i mean taking uh, having salary yeah the one who is working on the land he is selling more yeah yeah and there are by the way some groups who are like uh, buying the sesame mm-hmm. from individuals and selling it to the owner of factory So those also, they are taking advantage of of more producing. So one project is possible to create more job opportunities and more than one, like this is a kind of uh, of chain. Yeah, yeah. Chain, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. They, they Ripple taking, effect, basically. Exactly, one yeah. small project to increase water flow to one land increases the amount of job opportunities exactly. that, that yeah, uh, yeah. exist in that region. Yeah. This is a hopeful yes, message. Yes, I mean, so so thinking about supporting people to to be able using more of, of their lands, believe me, I'm, I'm only here giving this example of Tahini. But why I'm, I'm like uh, more stressing on this in, in, in terms of, of economic, you need to think about market, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot think to produce something, there is no market for it. Yeah, yeah. So what I saw in Nahla Valley, uh, by the way, uh, we have three of these factories, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But no one of them, one day tell me, uh, I mean, they start usually in, in, in autumn season, so they will finish maybe in October or maybe November or December. Mm-hmm. Then you come to ask if you want to buy, they will say, no, we finished. Yeah, or we you sold finished. everything, yeah. This is mean they, they, they used all to, to, uh, to sell all the, the production mm-hmm. that, that, that they have. So this is a good example. Maybe we need to think it more about. Yeah. Why? Because there is a big market, not only local market, not only in the Nahla Valley market, but outside also. And then if we have a good amount of tahini, we, we can think to export it to outside the country, to absolutely. diaspora. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I'm sure we, the Assyrian communities abroad will they be will do thrilled yeah, to be have, sure. to have access so, to. So, I mean, what, so this is a, a, good, a good opportunity that we, 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 we may think about. Mm. 
support our people in developing the water irrigation canals, producing, I mean, using more lands that already we have, but not used, by the way, not used, because mm -hmm. you need to take the water there. With using more lands, we are producing, again, more sesame, producing more tahini, and having more happy people like you. <laughs> yes, I love my tahini. You know, I actually bring at least six or seven kilos of tahini to my mom every, every, every time oh. I go visit from Nahla. Yeah. Hi, so you take with yourself to Yeah, your, I take uh, it back to Canada. Yeah, okay, that's great. <laughs> I give that's, it to my mom. This is another good example. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Rabbi Mikhail, this has been a very enlightening conversation. I mean, we've heard some things that are really sad and upsetting, but there seems to be hope. And I want to hear from you. What is your message to Assyrians here, to Assyrians in diaspora? What do you think the future holds for us? Okay, let me tell you, uh, I mean, before everything, uh, we have no option, no other option not to be here. Here in, 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 Iraq. in Iraq. In Iraq, okay. Yes, the majority of our people left the country. That's a fact, unfortunately. But still, there are people insist to stay. And... No matter how difficult is it, no matter there is no progress, or there is a progress, to be honest, there is a progress, but it may be it's, it's taking a long time, many challenges, many difficulties. But again, I will say, at least for me, there is no option not to be here. That's why we need to use any way that we have to do a small progress. If you ask me, is it easy of course not but again with no more option we have to stay and we have to try our best to change what we can to change and i do believe with staying with having another day with having another tomorrow another different tomorrow another different future is possible it's possible believe me with a hope, it's possible. Robbie, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Thank you for giving us inspiration to think about the types of projects we can start, that we can develop to help keep our people in our land. I believe that with the right people and the right minds, the right thoughts, we can achieve what you're, you're talking about. We can do this. Yes. So for, thank you for giving me the hope because I think somewhere I had lost a little bit of hope. No, I agree. No, there is a hope all the time. There is a hope as well as there are people like you, me, other, many others insist to stay and do something. There is a hope. Believe me, don't forget. It, it's Saurat Khamidi Shakhlap. So, قد لم يتخ أديو جرك على صورة بيخا قدمة بريشة خا دعثث بريشة جميتن لغذاذة بلاختن مغذاذة ووتدني ترميات أن projects go جودن بنيات الدين تتسنيقوتها قد شوقي قد ناشن بيشي تاما بيشتقوا أرى بجانو إلى صورة قخا دعثث بريشة كفت بيشتقوا أرى بيشتن جو أرن 
بدميالن خقدم بريشا بدميالن خدعثث بريشا وبشمنت طورانا شوق بلخخ قد أرن هويا خميتا وقطت إلى بياشا بايش آون بديولن صورة بخقدم بريشا وبشوخلبا من تمل هاد بسيم ترابي هاد Thanks for tuning in to the Assyrian podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got to learn a thing or two about the plight of Assyrians in the homeland here in Iraq. I look forward to bringing you more stories from here. But until then, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Be well.